0: Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's okay, presence in your life.
1: <laughs> and then I made it through the, um, the oath ceremony and it was amazing to read out what is so important in this country. It was really, it was a solemn, um, a solemn event. They asked us to dress up and, and uh, is very meaningful to me because this is the, I stood, I couldn't bring anybody with me. The room traditionally is, you know, open for like a couple hundred people, but because of COVID, you, could, you couldn't bring anybody in with you unless you had like a licensed interpreter. So I was there on my own, but I sat there with the Lord saying, okay, many years ago, you interrupted my life with an unexpected dream while I was sleeping, and you showed me myself with my best friend, who's my sister, and my senior pastor that I had been with for 27 years. And I saw a dream of me being handed American citizenship. And I had no idea why, just that these two very important people in my life were with me in the dream, and they were good with this. (laughs) And as of the first of September, he made good on his promise. I didn't do one bit of this. He did all of it. So I just want to remind you that Scripture says he decides the very locations on the land where you are to live. The very locations on the land, before you were born even, it's amazing. Okay, so we got a a text from Jack and Shelly. They want you to know, yes, they've come down with COVID and yes, they're doing very well. They want to set your mind at ease. They are taking all the vitamins and getting lots of rest and uh, they're sad to not be with us tonight, but um, they're doing very well. So uh, that, and then we found out about this last minute, of course, and there wasn't very much time to prepare, because he was scheduled to speak tonight. And uh, a lot of people are out of town. Like, I think uh, uh, Steve Tyler is with family in another state, and the Morrissey's Glenn is officiating a wedding right now, so they're away. And uh, uh, we, have, we have John and Sarah here, which I'm very grateful for. And Susie's back there. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, I stepped up to the plate at the last minute to cover for Jack, who was supposed to speak today, and he said, you know what? Just do a time of testimonies, and I was like, oh yeah, absolutely a time of testimonies. How awesome is that for us in a time like this to hear what God is actually doing actively in our lives and encourage each other? So I thought that's just an awesome idea. And uh, I'm going, while you're thinking about all the juicy things that the Lord is doing in your life right now. I'm going to give you a little bit of coaching about what testimony time is like in an environment like this, where we we have an orderly and honoring time and we love on God. This is not a moment to come up and uh, share your political opinions and stories. This is a time to come up and say what God is doing in your life. And I know some here really want to stay clear of COVID. And so you'll see that I've got a mask here. So if you're coming up and you wanna use this microphone and you're wearing a mask, I'm going to put mine on to honor you because that's what you need and I'm gonna do the same thing and uh, keep, keep distances. So I will do that and I want you to line up if you've got something on your mind and you can even switch spots in line if you feel like I should go next or no, I'll step back one. And uh, think about what the Lord is doing and bring it forward. So what a testimony looks like, a testimony is, I was here, and I was dealing with that, and then God showed up, and he's doing this and oftentimes it's very opposite to how we experience life. So that's what a testimony is. It's where I was and what he's doing. And then I wanna put a call out to all of you who might find yourself in a spot where, you know, I have been wrestling so badly right now. I'm not sure I can actually tell you the after effect just yet. And so I'm gonna challenge you Take this time with your family, come up and say the part where you're at, and then find some courage with your family and speak some declarations over the situation together here with us. And we're going to support and agree with that. And we're going to take a step forward in faith right now. And at the end of it, we're going to go with that until... Actually, I should grab my phone. But we're going to go with that until about 8. And then I'm going to share with you a couple of words that the Holy Spirit has given me in the last uh, weeks. And, um, m- and then we're going to do some ministry at the end of that. Um, and so, yeah. So... Who has stories? One, who's next? Come on, line up. <laughs> Come on up. Do you, wanna, do you wanna sit or do you wanna stand? I'll stand.
2: Okay. Hey guys, uh, a lot of you know my history with the Followers of Christ Church. Uh, if you have not heard of it, it is a cult that's just right here in Oregon City. They believe in faith healing. It's very male dominated and socially secluded. So I was born there. And I grew up there until I was about 11. And by a miraculous thing, my mom should really tell that story. But we left. We got out. And when that happened, uh, I lost everybody. I lost my whole family. Nobody was allowed to talk to me. My great-grandma would see me in the store. And she would literally look at me and turn the other way. She was not allowed to talk to me. My grandma wasn't. My best friends. My cousins. My aunts that were left. So it was a really hard being separated. And we were separated for 18 years, okay, me and all these people. And I never stopped praying for them. I interceded for them. And even though my faith wasn't as large as a mustard seed (laughs) that they would leave, (laughs) I still prayed for it. I still interceded for them. Uh, And I would just want to encourage you with this, that uh, in the last five years, by some accounts, over 1,000 people have left that church and gone and joined Jesus and other churches and been a huge part of the community. So if right now you're separated from your family or your friends and there are uh, hindrances there and you're feeling really discouraged, right now God is in the business of restoration. This is what he's doing. He's been doing it for a few years now really, really consistently my whole family, except one cousin, is out. That is incredible. It's incredible. These people don't have people reaching into their lives. They have no outside contact. God is getting a hold of them in their bathrooms, in their cars, in the grocery store, at church itself, where there is no one reading the word. They're not allowed to read their Bibles. So, I will tell you, The prayers and intercession of his people for those who are lost or those who you've been separated from is more powerful than you will ever know. Don't give up. Don't stop. It's important. Thank you. Good word. Good word.
3: (laughs) Well, recently I had Lucha. I'm Nancy, and Katrina, uh, there's like three of us. Nancys, hi, Nancy. <laughs> so anyhow, I recently had to move to a new apartment, and I was like, downsized completely. It's like, you know, going from half space to what, you know, to this tiny, you know, dancing, at really tiny, tiny little apartment. And so you had to get rid of a lot of things. And I asked, I prayed with you, you know, what are you I'm supposed to be learning during this time? And God told me that um, more stuff is less. So the more stuff I have... The less I am with God, the more distractions I have, so more things is less. If that makes any sense. you know, so the less things I have, I have more time to be with God and to concentrate to be with Him, you know, and so the downsizing is hard, but it is it's what you know God had planned for me, I think you know, but all these things you don't really need them, you know, I probably don't even miss half the stuff I got rid of, you know. Me. Like, she took a picture for me, and I forgot even what it was, you know. <laughs> so, just wanted to downsize is a, you know. Wow. So that's what I'm at,
1: downsizing. <laughs> <laughs> that's powerful. There's, some, there's really something to living an orderly life. <laughs> Good job, Nancy.
4: <laughs> Hi, I'm Tara, and... Um, <laughs> I love you Ray. Um, I love you all actually, but <laughs> she gave me the woo. Um, so my husband and I have been um, sinking a whole lot of money into this great big huge new driveway and um, it just seems to uh, not be, it hadn't been going very well. It's just like everything, there were problems It would pop up and um, we had to deal with. And, but we, you know, they're getting resolved. Everything's good. But coming into, we had two different contractors. One was doing the asphalt, one was doing the concrete. So we got the concrete finally done, and it was a real struggle. Took a lot longer than it should have, and we had to redo forms and all of this stuff. And then the guy comes in to do the asphalt, and he, okay, let me back up. Before the guy came in to do the asphalt, that morning I was praying. I'm like, Lord, just let this project be done. I'm really done with dealing with this project. I want it to be over. It, you know, There's no fun left in it for me. Just be done. And um, so then the guy comes in that morning to do the asphalt, and he cracks our new driveway that was a week old. And I'm just like, really, God? Really? And he totally owned up, the guy was, he was the contractor, he was great about it, and we're gonna get it fixed and all of that. But throughout the day, I had to deal with this and dealing now, bringing the concrete people back in and all of this. Anyway, the Lord told me, cause I had, I had given it to him that morning. I had surrendered it to him and then this happened and I'm like, okay, this, what, what, what's this about? And I really heard him say, and I think he told me this a couple of times throughout the day, This isn't about you. The contractor who broke our concrete, I believe, is a believer, but he doesn't walk the walk. Just from a few things that he had said. And he was extremely hyperactive and in a hurry and all of this. And he was, you know, he made the comment to me, oh, I really need to slow down. And so I really think that it was the Lord working on him. Even though I'm having to deal with it too, but it's just like it's you know the Lord told basically told me it's this isn't about you Tara, this is about Him, and so I'm just like okay, woohoo! So anyway, I am convinced that He's going to come back and He's going to make it right. He's working with the concrete and a con- concrete contractor, and. um All is going to be good, and I know the Lord is in it, and it is a blessing, and it is not a curse, even though it's felt like a curse, the process, sometimes. Um, But God is good, and he is faithful, and he is working in another person's heart. So, amen. I give him the glory. Very, very good.
1: Thank you, Lord. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Dun-dun-dun-dun. I'm Joel. Hi Joel. How Hi, Joel. do
0: this? Let's test test. Good. Um there's probably at least a couple people in this room who have heard or seen or known me, my testimony. So this is my wife Abby Johansson. Hi Abby. And I want to I want to disclose that she's an epileptic. So there are those of you in this room who would understand what it means to mm. live with people like that. Um, I just want to say maybe a few simple things about my testimony you know I grew up in a Christian home and and a background of great faith that loved God and supported and gave to the church and he kept me faithful all the way through so we're talking 40 to 50 years later now here I am but there's a little more to it than that um I think mostly showed me that he uplifts us by his righteous right hand, doesn't he? Yes. Amen mm-hmm. yeah, um things haven't always been you know super basically easy for me. Um, I became a disabled veteran. I'm a meningitis survivor, uh no big deal. First Thank you. And thank you to any others who are here in this room, both men and women. You know, we just celebrated that 20-year anniversary of the 9-11, and I remember seeing that, waking up to go to work that day, but seeing that on the TV. It wasn't just that, though. It was that maybe 10, 12, 13 years ago, I was in a unit that was supposed to go through Afghanistan in their cycles with the DOD. And we were already well engrossed in Iraq, and, and all over the world for that matter in a lot of places. Needless to say, God has brought me through some college, some work, Thank you, Lord. out of a cult, Thank you, Lord. into Bible-believing, that one that was, all good. <laughs> into Bible-believing, teaching, speaking, spirit-filled churches, and so, um, yeah, I'm on Facebook under Joels, J-O-E-L-S, um, and Abby just goes by Abby or Abigail. Is, if you just want to walk up to her nickname, she's so conversative. You want to speak with her for a minute? She's always happy to invite a quiet talk. And
1: cutest hat ever
0: in the whole world. <laughs> um, other than that, I do have one prayer request. I have a family member as well with COVID. so, mm-hmm. And uh, lived in Oregon City a number of years. God bless this community. I consider it to be uh, the part where uh, you're just part of your local church community. Because that's where I was found. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I you know, want to think of the, the verses that Paul, Paul may have expressed simply, brethren... And that's the way I, you know, he's meeting everybody throughout the whole mm-hmm. body. And that's, that's how, that's how I am.
1: Amen. That's good stuff. Thank you, Lord, for a life of answer after answer after answer. That's beautiful. <laughs> Anybody else? Woo, Peggy. <laughs> Come on, girl.
2: I'm Peggy, and I'm glad to meet you, Abby. She blessed me tonight by signing to most of the song there, and I don't know if a lot of you saw her, but it was just so wonderful. I love sign language and learned it when I was teaching children, and thank you, Abby, for being a blessing.
1: Sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Cool. Well, I don't mind if uh, we, can, we can break this up a bit. I think I'm going to step into a little bit of what uh, the Lord's been saying to me the last few weeks, and if there's more time, and you want to put up your hand, and you're burning with something you want to say, um, we'll, we'll make time for more. There's a, oh, there's a, oh, thank you. I'm getting the signal that I have to hold this up to my mouth. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. So, maybe about four weeks ago now, I woke up in the morning with a dream. It's quite short. And uh, as you know, if you've experienced dreams from the Lord before, they often seem kind of disjointed, ridiculous, and maybe it was just the cheese pizza. (laughs) But uh, I'll just tell you really quickly what I saw. As I was asleep, somewhere over on this side of my view, my, my gaze turned and I saw the Holy Spirit showed a whole f- large, large amount of acres and acres of land. And a man that I know, Nathan Head, was way out on the landscape on his tractor. And apparently he had meticulously, for a very long time, been spreading wood chips across the entire landscape. And it was so meticulously done that it was like even molded over over the the, the bumps and, and rises and lower areas. And I thought, oh wow. And then suddenly in the dream, a a portion of the wood chips that was far away zoomed up to my view, close, and I was able to realize those weren't actually wood chips. They're, um, help me with this, it's like, you know how when you have a fireplace in a house and you dump those bags of those little pencil, broken pellets? Yeah, they weren't wood chips, they were pellets. Wood, like burning pellets. And I was like, okay. And the minute I saw that, immediately the scene changed. And over on this side in the view in the dream was a very long, very wide corridor, something you would find, the size that you would find in a large high school, capable of having hundreds, maybe even thousands of students changing places very quickly between bells, you know, going one place to the other, to the lockers and off to that side of campus really fast, that size of a corridor, it was dim. And I simply saw Nathan, again, this is my friend, my boss who I work for, and he was walking away from me and he motioned at the ceiling and he said, oh yeah, we'll need a permit for that. And I looked, and in the dream, I saw that he had installed a very long lighting fixture all the way up the corridor, and it was off. And then he waved again, and he said, oh yeah, and that too, and motioned to the right-hand wall. And I realized all the way down the wall was a mural-like Whoa, what do you call this? neon a neon sign had been mounted all the way down the wall like a not with words but like a mural and then I woke up okay weird right so I went and I began asking Holy Spirit is this from you and I immediately felt yes this is from the Lord and I began to ask him what things in this dream are symbols that are important the wood chips are important and, and then I, I was like, well, Nathan was in both of these. What does Nathan symbolize? <clears throat> and in the natural, this man happens to be a leader. He's an owner of a company. He is the designer, creator, worker, making it all become from scratch, uh, the, the dedicated one, the one that never gives up. And I knew immediate, immediately in my spirit because Holy Spirit had chosen a person that's like that in the natural, it made me think, well, that's God. He does that in our world. He's constantly looking after things. He's meticulous. He's taking care of things in advance. He's thinking them up in the first place. And so I thought, okay, well then, so you, God, you were there out of the landscape, and then you were there in the the, uh, hallway, the corridor. And I said, okay, well, why the wood chips and the lights off? Like, you know, and so you, you, you ask Holy Spirit comparing and contrasting questions when you're, when you're asking him about the symbols. And he said to me, neither of them have been lit. I was like, ooh, isn't that interesting? The wood chips had not been set on fire yet, but they were prepared. And the lighting fixtures had been installed but they weren't turned on yet, and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, what's Holy Spirit saying here? And I began to sense in my spirit, like the Lord wanted me to hear and proclaim that the Lord has set the stage for all, that the wood chips, those, those uh, pellets, are people and he has, he has meticulously taken care of and placed them in the spot that they're to be in. And he is going to light the landscape, light it up with his Holy Spirit. And then I was like, okay, well, if that needs a fire, then this one needs a permit for the switch to turn on. Like what? <laughs> and I, I heard him saying... And I partner with those that I put in places of authority. Because where do you get a permit? I'm thinking to myself, okay, Holy Spirit, permit, permit. Why would you say a permit? Okay, so a permit comes like from a city hall. And people are either elected or they work there. And they, that's their, their role. They roll out these permits and they give authority for that thing to be in place so I said, okay, so you partner with people that are here on the earth and we're the ones who give the permission to, to light the way. And then I said, well, why such a huge corridor? And I heard him say, and it was kind of difficult to hear it, I heard him say that many, many people very soon are going to need to transition from one place to another, all at once. And that we are gonna have the authority to light the way for them. And he has prepared the monster corridor that not only will be well lit for people who are moving, but he is gonna put a mural down there for a story and color and interest inspiration and I felt like he was saying not only am I going to light the landscape the people's hearts on fire I have already in advance created the corridor that they will need when huge amounts of transition they're facing it and you will turn the lights on and they will they will see very clearly even in color." where they're going, and what the, what the way is. I didn't know at that time that, uh, I mean, none of us knew at that time how, how uh, circumstances would change in, in the country, in the business world, with regard to the possibility of losing jobs and so on. But here it comes. In this room here how many people know somebody show of hands either yourself or somebody that you know of that's facing that right now Mm -hmm. so there's holy spirit saying i have already prepared a way for you i have already prepared a big huge corridor and it will be lit up by my authority so i'm gonna let you on that as a beginning and then the next thing that he's he's been saying in my in my time with him yeah in my time with him I know I know that I'm far from the only one who is sensing this the word is really really important right now. This is a time to open that book and get into passages and wash wash your spirit. Learn to be self-feeding. Get into the passages and bring them into our lives. So I'm I'm a normal human being I have to practice this, too, and I, I go through seasons of I'm not reading that much, and then I'm reading some more, and then I'm not. I mean, you know, I'm normal like y'all, <laughs> and uh, the last, the is it freezing in here? Who's shivering? Okay, he can help us out. <laughs> the last few weeks, he's been taking me to places because we have kings and governors and mayors making sweeping decisions right now. This is not an easy time for all of society. And he's been taking me to places where he, he told me, "Luan, Luan, I have been dealing with rulers for a very long time and I got this. And I was like, okay. So he said, you remember back in Exodus? remember when they were the people of my people, people of God, at that time, they were dealing with Pharaoh, and he took me to Exodus 1, and the title of Exodus 1 in in this text, and I happen to love the King James Version, because it's like straight up, (laughs) Uh, the title of Exodus 1 is Israel's Growth in Bondage. Oh, interesting. I like it when I find things that are opposite atmosphere to what we're experiencing in the natural. So here's this title, you know, Israel's Growth in Bondage. And then I heard him say, well, the children, he he took me to verse 7, the children of Israel were fruitful, here they are in bondage, They were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Interesting, huh? Then he whips me forward, and I'm like cruising around. You know, the Bible falls open. That happens once in a while, right? (laughs) And I I ended up in Jeremiah. I can't even remember why I ended up there, but I did. So back then, they're dealing with Pharaoh, in Jeremiah, they're dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. So here's another king situation where the people of God are experiencing some things going on. And the title of chapter, I'm I'm flipping through, like y'all experience. I'm flipping through, and the title of uh, chapter 22 is called A Burden About Evil Kings. And I'm like, okay, he cares about that. And I'm flipping through, and I'm like, oh, look at verse 17. It's a description, God talking to the, about the evil king. But thine eyes and thine heart are not but for thy covetousness and for to shed innocent blood and for opposition and oppression i was like oh this is this has been around before okay i flip over and i'm like hmm the title of uh chapter 23 is the remnant and the true king pull open jeremiah read like from chapter 23 22 all through to like 31. it's amazing the parallels so the remnant and the true king so god's dealing with that And he talks about, he says in in three, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and I will bring them back to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I'm like, oh, there it is again. That's interesting. Way back in Exodus and here it is in Jeremiah. Okay. And I'm flipping around and, you know, the burden of the Lord. Yep, this is on his heart. There's another title. And over a little bit farther and i stumble on oh chapter 27 the title of this chapter is called nebuchadnezzar's victory hmm. god decided to record an evil leader put it in the bible so that now we would have examples that he's got this he's been dealing with this for a long time and he's just fine with it thus saith the lord to me make thee bonds and yokes and put them upon thy neck. Interesting. There's a little example, a lesson that he had for us, an experience. Jeremiah, you know, he goes about exposing, he's, he's an amazing prophet. He goes about about exposing other senior prophets and helping God, you know, fish out what voices the people are hearing and proclaiming you need to watch what you're listening to because if it's incorrect and it is not... Steve always reminds us in life group, ask, who said that? Because we only ever hear five voices. We hear our own head. We hear the Holy Spirit. We actually hear angels. He talks about that quite a bit in, the, in Scripture. And we hear... We hear, uh, what are the rest of them? People around us? And then maybe spouses. <laughs> uh, so Jeremiah is highlighting that we should pay attention to who's speaking. There's another great example in this scripture for our time right now. And then I zoomed down through chapter 28 and I stumbled upon verse 14. And this is after where they were hashing through the burdens that were, that were on them as examples so that he could teach them and train them. And God says a really weird thing. He says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations that they may serve nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon and they shall serve him and i have given him the beasts of the field also i'm like oh god ushered them into a time of what would you call that that's oppression mm-hmm so Jeremiah then I'm, I'm paraphrasing through quickly so we can cover but Jeremiah covers the the false prophecy where where they were trying to say, this isn't going to be a long bondage this isn't this is this is going to be you know God's going to take care of this instantaneously and the Lord says, no no no, that's a word of man. what I'm after is what I want you to hear what I'm saying. And if you skip down to 29, verse 10, the title of this chapter is a letter to the captives. It gets really exciting. This is the word I've been waiting to share with you all night. <laughs> okay, so verse 10, first of all, I'm going to go farther ahead and then I'm going to backtrack. It says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years, now I don't know about the 70 years in our circumstances, but... God says, I've decided on a period of time. Okay, so there's some confidence in that. After 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my what? My good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. And I love this verse. I know you all know it. For I know the thoughts that I have and think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. And King James says to give you an expected end. We, we have expectations of God on this planet. I think... Like, I know, I know other versions say a future and a hope, and that's absolutely true. But I love it how the King James cuts to the chase and says, an expected end. Wow. And ye shall call upon me then and now. And ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hear you and you, you will seek me and find me. When you search for, for me, what is it? Not the king, not the problems, not this. Search for him. Find him. That's what he's after, is the intimacy, the one-on-one connection. Still the same Today. And I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and gather you from all the nations. And it goes on to far more That's it'll blow your socks off. The parallels that are going on there that actually address what we're experiencing right now worldwide in every country. Now, the really cool thing is the Lord was highlighting to me something that I said at the beginning from Exodus. There's a parallel here. He says it again in Jeremiah when they're dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. If you want to know what would the Lord like to have happen while we are experiencing oppression, he spells it out. Chapter 29 Starting from verse 4 through to 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom what I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. So he's a part of this. He decides, here's the command, build houses, dwell in them. Plant gardens, eat of the fruit, take wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, and not diminished, and seek the peace of the city where i have caused you to be carried away as captives and pray unto the lord for it for in the peace in the peace thereof shall ye have peace and it occurred to me that what he is after in our lives right now is this is a time to build help each other plant gardens help each other buy homes be with each other. Establish new households. Encourage your single kids to get married. Bring up godly sons and daughters, because guess what happens years down the road when the time is ready for the Lord to clear the land and lift the oppression? He will have established and grown and encouraged and planted and... You will be ready, ready, ready to do all that is necessary in that time. And I find it fascinating that he said that back in Exodus, and he details so much in Jeremiah. I'm going to stop there, because I'd rather you go and enjoy it yourself and mine out all the other parallel situations that are in that scripture. So, We know that this is real. This is happening all around us. So all of you that raised your hand, that it's either happening in your life, that a transition is about to hit you, or you know somebody that a transition is about to hit them, please stand to your feet, and we are going to gather, find somebody that's standing and gather around, ask what the situation is, and pray over that situation, this is kind of growth this kind of growth in that situation in fact i believe that holy spirit is about to in in that corridor that he showed me in the dream he is going to light the way with ideas with inspiration with brand new things that will be built and instead of feeling like everything has been torn away, and you are now entering a time where you have no idea what's going to happen, that he's actually going to take you full speed into growth. Now, I would love some music. Where's Tara? Would you mind? Thank you. And uh, let's gather around and pray for each other. Oh, that works too. (laughs) Especially if you want to pray. And uh, let me just, uh, I'm I'm gonna dismiss those as well who need to go. So Heavenly Father, we ask for more of your presence at this time, thank you for your faithful trail that you have left for us in the word to encourage our hearts and to inform us how things really are under your leadership. You are a good, good God. And I dismiss us tonight, and I ask that your Spirit's presence would follow all of us, and that we would experience you in this manner. Father, I pray that now you would take care of many situations that are in this room, and that the prayers of the faithful would avail much in this situation, and that you would begin it now. In the name of Jesus.
0: If you were inspired okay, by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you'll join us again next time.